power, where yesterday meets today and reaches towards tomorrow. I'm Greg Bridges, your host every Monday night from 8 to 10. Join me as we explore all that comes under the umbrella called jazz. From Lester Young to Lester Bowie, from Coleman Hawkins to Ornette Coleman, from Langston Hughes to Nikki Giovanni and beyond, Transitions on Traditions, Mondays 8 to 10 p.m. on listener-sponsored radio, KPFA. And you are listening to KPFA 94.1 in Berkeley, KPFB 89.3 in Berkeley, KFCF 88.1 in Fresno, K248BR 97.5 in Santa Cruz, and online at www.kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Stay tuned next for Cover to Cover with Jennifer Stone. Happy ending, nice and tidy, it's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday, happy endings are the rule, so divide up. In darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadows out of This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Today is Tuesday, November the 10th, 2015. Gloria Steinem has a new book out, My Life on the Road. (laughs) Well, yes, she's out on the road on a book tour. Uh, She was interviewed uh, just this morning on KQED. Forum, yes. Michael Krasner, she kept her cool. I gotta hand it to her. Yep. <laughs> the gentle laugh. Ah, uh, uh, she rose above it all, you know. Shoot for the positive, even when they talk about post-feminism. Anyway, uh, there's a tactic that, uh, like so many wise women, Gloria Steinem uses, I first noticed this tactic or strategy long ago when Eleanor Roosevelt used it uh, back in the day, as they say. An interviewer would ask, uh, well, you know, any personal question, and, uh, you know, <laughs> you go from the micro to the macro, you shoot up over their heads, uh, like an interviewer would say, do you and the president, that would be FDR, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, do you and the president share a mutual bank account? She would laugh, always that laugh that tells you, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not unfriendly. Uh, women use that laugh to indicate that they take no offense, uh, 
And then Eleanor would strike out and explain, analyze seriously some national economic issue, something related to women's access to financial resources, say, uh, uh, <laughs> remember in her day, women couldn't get loans or even credit without a husband or father or some man to sign for them. Uh, Steinem talked about uh, uh, welfare, the fact that uh, it became a gigantic husband for so many women. Uh, looking under the bed, I remember a friend of mine had to make those calls. He worked in uh, social welfare. I was there for a few months, you know, typing up things, job, job, anyway. He used to tell me how how grim it was, I'm talking 1958, to have to visit women who were on uh, national assistance and have to find out whether or not there was a man in their house. <laughs> anyway... Back in the days of the Great Depression in 1930, I suppose it was worse. The uh, the date, let's see, my birth, 1933. My mother always said that I came in with <laughs> with with Social Security. Anyway, that's about the time the uh, what they call the welfare state got on uh, got on its feet. Uh, anyway, these interviewers always have the flagrant disregard for privacy. You know, they want to play gotcha. Actually, Krasner was not. She's not mean, just reductive. You know, uh, Steinem is relentlessly upbeat. I think that's her job. Uh, there's somebody somewhere who said, never let them see you sweat. She didn't bat an eyelash. When she was asked about her marriage late in life, she said, well, uh, how could she turn down Wilma Mankiller, uh, who offered her a Cherokee wedding ceremony? There you see, now she got in a mention of uh, Wilma Mankiller, plus uh, she detracted, she detracted the interviewer from the... Uh, the question about how could a feminist marry a man, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, uh, I have a chip on my shoulder, I guess, a bias. In uh, fact, Gloria Steinem's husband died uh, within a few years of their marriage. She did what she'd done most of her life. She became a caretaker all through his last illness. Uh, she took care of her parents, too. Uh, Krasner said, and I wrote this down because it upset me, said, you're very open about your former lovers. <laughs> uh, Mort Zuckerman was a good dancer. That's what uh, he said. He heard that Zuckerman was a good dancer. She agreed. Uh, I got to thinking of Margaret Atwood's remark recently uh, on another radio station when the subject of sex came up. Not former sex, but just sex in general, she laughed. And the uh, interviewer, of course, had implied that it was uh, uh, interesting that she would write about sex. Uh, and then she said, uh, oh, right, at my age. She pointed out that at her age, she uh, 
has been there. She has done that. So many younger folks um, have yet to, what is that, uh, get the full, the full implement, the fulfillment of, of their life, life's, uh, their sexual life. Uh, remember Annie Sexton saying that she thought her sex life had ended in her 40s when uh, she said she began to get big around the middle. Mm-hmm. Lost our looks. Whoops, there we go. Anyway, I tried to listen and learn because uh, Gloria Steinem said that uh, she learned the most, yes, she learned the most uh, from librarians, of course, from the wise women, but librarians, from books, she said. Uh, Krasner had said, Judy Collins said, Feminism saved my life. That's when she said, right, librarians. That's when she learned that uh, this is a quote from Steinem. There is no such thing as a vaginal orgasm. End of quote. She got that in, God bless her, contrary to Freud's phallocentric perceptions of sex. Sex is just as complex and powerful for women as it is for men. Uh, anyway, yes, a good dancer. I loved that bit. I just loved that. <laughs> anyway, she, what is it? Um, she didn't, she didn't get angry. That's what I loved. I, I'm afraid I always take these things personally. Uh, I think that the political is personal when they talk, uh, that way, uh, I, I guess there was talk, I guess. The talk was about the fate of feminism, you know, where we're going with all this. Uh, what is it anyway? Uh, personally, I think that the subject of femininity is one that we've barely touched upon personally. I plan to die with my earrings on. I keep studying history, I mean. Ancient history. Was Sappho a feminist? Uh, I think of femininity as an aesthetic. Uh, there was an old rule when I was very young that the feminists, the suffragists, were invariably homely, that they were the women that no one wanted, and therefore they had to fill their time, so they <laughs> they went off and started a movement. There is a movie coming out soon called uh, Suffragette, Suffragette, Meryl Streep is in it, uh, all about the women in England who started the uh, feminist movement long ago. I think, I always think that feminism got started in England because they don't have gendered pronouns. The language, right. Uh, in other languages, like in French, every single object is either masculine or feminine, you know, a chair, a table, whatever. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, I was studying the other day a little book that described women as works of art. Nice notion, uh, it's a two-edged sword. Nice to be beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> We're damned if we do, and then damned if we don't. Uh, 
Ask the great courtesans. Ask women slaves who increased their value, their material value, with their looks. You know, raised the price. Those Japanese court ladies. Ah, talk about competition. They killed themselves into works of art. Uh, their attractiveness, their glamour. I think sometimes it depends on their distance from nature. Nobody wants to look nature in the face, you know. That implies death. Many men prefer to ignore woman's biological role. Maternity is not necessarily very sexy. The fate of woman has been both a nightmare and a dream. It can be a dream of love and uh, ecstasy, or it can be hell on earth. Uh, transcendence was what my mother always told me. Yes, that's what we are put on this earth, to rise above, she would say. Our history is full of agony and ecstasy for uh, both sexes, actually. You remember the bound feet. I think the bound minds are the worst. Ignorance, right, get thee to a library. Uh, and then, worst of all is the crime of castration. Subject, uh, I'm always told, is not, what is that, not to be discussed, especially in public uh it is still practiced on tens, you know, hundreds of millions of women, the torture of uh, genital mutilation. Now, most people just won't talk about it. Try bringing it up and see what happens. Uh, nobody wants to hear about that, right? I have a poem. Uh, the only place I could use it was here on KPFA once, uh, the title is Private Property, and I like the letters. I'm collecting the letters I get back from publishers. That's that's my favorite, uh, my favorite task. They reject it. Tell me that while it has gravitas, it's just too political. Isn't that cute? I digress. I digress. Gloria Steinem is, as I said, on a book tour. The book is My Life on the Road. Uh, she's 81 now. Gosh, so am I. I wish I had a new book, damn it. Yes, jealous, I guess. Uh, I wish I could find a publisher for uh, my book. I, well, I've managed to get four books out there. Uh, mm, I keep thinking, well, you know, you can't publish these prose poems, the novels. When when poets write novels, it, it's certainly not something you can put on the market. It's uh, too personal. I notice that publishers usually like my first chapter, and then the thing gets under their skin. Uh, no complaints, no, that's an absolute rule for feminists. Never, never. Old women cannot complain. Uh, they turn you off at once. Virginia Woolf always talked about that. She said, never be shrill. Okay, I remember thinking, well, I'll growl. I won't be shrill. 
Fortunately, both my sons ignore all this. And, uh, you know, uh, how it is when we get nostalgic in our old age. I like to play Edith Piaf, the great French chanteuse. I regret nothing, you know, the, the great song. And, of course, I regret everything until I stop to remember all the miracles and the magic of my moments on this earth. Whether it had anything to do with being a woman, I have no idea. <laughs> However, uh, I did experience life in the body and mind of a female, and it was certainly exciting. Uh, the hard-won successes. Someone asked me once if they thought, if I thought I'd have been better off or more successful if I'd been a man. And I said, God, I hope not, because the Irish say that each incarnation we change genders. <laughs> I, I think being a woman was tough enough. Being a man would be more, just more than I could handle. Uh, anyway, uh, I guess I do envy Gloria Steinem, her magnificent career in the real world. I wish I could have done a fraction of what she has done. This struggle to liberate women, uh, I don't know, I guess I should always say to myself, how did she do it? We used to say to students, uh, if you think you can't keep up, go to the head of the march. You know, just get right up there, get up to the, the top of the barricades. Uh, Ms. Magazine compares uh, with Emma Goldman's magazine back in 1917. I like that one. I remember when I wrote for the women's newspapers. Uh, it was very exciting for five or six years. <laughs> we couldn't leave the magazines out on the street, though. Uh, I don't want to tell you what happened to them, even on the streets of Berkeley, uh, Emma Goldman's magazine, Mother Earth, has been anthologized, and I hope to read excerpts. i got to get it down here for a, a premium for our subscription. All the articles in there, 1917. Oh, Emma Goldman, I guess the only woman to be deported from the United States. Uh, anarchy, how I love anarchy. It's the most misunderstood political ideology of all. When I wrote for that newspaper, Plexus, uh, I found that being an anarchist feminist did not go over. I didn't, didn't connect. I certainly couldn't reach the socialist women. I told them to use a term that was mellow. I said, say economic democracy. Don't say socialist. Uh, Bernie Sanders is saying socialist. And I hope, if nothing else, he educates people. Uh, in the old days, socialism had at least some historical weight. Uh, George Bernard Shaw and all those guys... Those were my socialists. Uh, I certainly hope they had the right idea. 1970s. Well, 
That's now. Shaw is the end of the 19th century, the beginning of the 20th. Anyway, on NPR, they asked Gloria Steinem what advice she would give young women today. It's Michael Krasner. And she said, this is a quote, she said, This is my advice. Don't listen to me. Listen to yourself. Unquote. And then, of course, she went on to say that the young uh, should find out what it is they really want, not just what they think they want, you know. She didn't go on to speak about the art of the possible. That's my favorite subject. Uh, she made the possible real. That's what's so astounding about her. Uh, Gloria Steinem reached out to Alice Walker, featured her on the cover of Ms. Magazine long ago. She alerted the world to Alice Walker's role as a cultural icon. Icon is a dumb word, sorry. Better to say voice. Alice Walker's voice. Uh, Alice Walker said she, she writes with the help of voices. Uh, the ancestors. Um, now, I don't like to speak for her. I just remember the first time I saw Alice Walker so many years ago. It was across a large, large room. It was at a book fair somewhere. I was there at a book table promoting Shameless Huzzy Press. I had absolutely no idea who she was, Alice Walker. But I saw her eyes. It is true. Something about her look. Uh, I'd like to say she had the look of a prophet, if I knew what that was exactly. I just saw great depths in an unblinking, unblinking stare. I turned to the poet Alta, the shameless hussy herself, and I said, Who is that? When she told me, I thought, well, the voice is within us as well as without. Our internal power is just as visible as uh, the outer, the outer, the spoken words. You know, I'm not sure the image, the image. Gloria Steinem, Steinem says that, uh, well, as I say, I don't like to speak for other women. Uh, I just want to note that she was a mentor to Alice Walker's daughter, Rebecca. Steinem did it all. Her mother was an invalid for many years, and she took on that responsibility. She developed the character of a caretaker. Now, I didn't have that kind of strength until my two biological children forced me to cope. Uh, certainly didn't do it with much energy. Well, with, what is that? With much uh, skill, let's say. Uh, reality didn't really, didn't really control my... Well, let, let us say that reality no longer torments me. As a neurotic narcissist, I followed my bliss into the theater from early childhood too many young women today are still not sure what they want. They are swayed by all those voices 
the external voices telling them what they should want. Gertrude Stein wrote, Oh, don't let me listen to them. Let me listen to me. Now, in the 50s, it was selfish. We were told it was selfish to focus on oneself. Uh, unfortunately, this is one of the values that confuse us today. I think it's wise to search, to work for what you want in your own life. As a matter of fact, it is essential. Individuation, it's called Ibsen's play, The Dollhouse, back in the 1890s. Uh, what was it Gloria Steinem said? She was busy giving birth to herself in the dollhouse. There is a woman, end of the 19th century, who must examine her own life, her society. Uh, she has been a daughter, a wife, a mother. All this uh, she has done. But then she discovers that her perceptions were based on lies. Uh, not that she doesn't have affection for her family, for her children, but as she says, her duty is not greater. Yes, her duty to them to the family is not greater than her duty to herself. At which point, yes, she slams the door. Nora slams the door, and then we came to the 20th century. Uh, I always have trouble when she leaves her children. Um, I didn't even like Medea. You remember, she, she murders her children just to punish or have revenge upon her husband. I, I kind of think that children, well, they are the raison d'etre for some of us. Uh, I think that for a child to uh, individuate, they must have at least one adult they can trust uh, right from the beginning. Even when the adult is, uh, well, I don't want to say <laughs> a fool, let's say when they make mistakes. Uh, well, actually, I could have stop drinking, uh, just living alone, but I needed my children, and they helped me to become a whole person. Today, the theme is empowerment. Well, I think, yes, we must develop self-confidence, strength, courage. Gloria Steinem said good things about Hillary Clinton's courage, her courage to keep going after what, what they'd done to her, uh, I guess we need the courage to live, to love. Surely, uh, surely we all do this in order to promote the general welfare. That doesn't need feminism. Uh, altruism, that's always something to want. Bill and Linda Gates, they try to be role models for the rich anyway. It's a start. Saints and angels, they may not be sustainable, uh, but, you know, it's a goal. Christ consciousness is not really, uh, not really the sort of thing. Uh, well, the, the superwoman, the ubermensch, uh, I, I can't quite imagine knowing that. Uh, I have known seven ubermenches, though. Uberwench, we called it. Yes, you are an uberwench, I said. Seven women. I must write about them soon. Anyway, we know compassion is the only uh, 
enlightened self-interest, uh, just makes sense. Passion, calm passion, that is passion for all. I would not be alive today at 81 if there hadn't been so many kind souls who came to my aid, and most of them were women. Uh, sadly, I think I have to say that health and wealth have missed me still. I have a suspicion that my sins may be forgiven. <laughs> oh, not all those typos and errata in my manuscripts, but some of the more human sins. Now I just try to do a form of prayer I call gratitude. And that's what, that's the gift of 81 years. Uh, I hope, I hope I qualify as someone who is awake. Uh, I'll be back on the air next week at the same time. Till then, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. Here's another community-powered announcement from KPFA. Contra Costa Ballet invites you to its 25th year presenting the ever-popular The Nutcracker. You can join Clara and her beloved Nutcracker Prince on a magical journey among giant mice and toy soldiers into a delightful kingdom. Contra Costa Ballet brings the Nutcracker to life in this festive production filled with colorful costumes, whimsical sets, and talented young dancers. This one-hour family-friendly performance is a fun and elegant introduction to this holiday classic. This is a benefit for the Contra Costa Ballet Foundation, which provides scholarships for dancers. The Nutcracker will be presented over Thanksgiving weekend, November 27th to the 29th, at the Lesher Center for the Arts at 1601 Civic Drive in Walnut Creek. This venue is wheelchair accessible. For more information, please call 